I think for me, if we take the whole thing about the, you know, the definition of this process, um, efficiency is about effective replication of um, the best things that you do. So being efficient, being profitable, etc., etc. Rather than it being then about trying to almost find a platform for kind of demonstration of that, I think a lot of this then goes back initially to process mapping, because I think once people visually see the processes that you're talking about mapped out so you could use mind map you could use a flow chart you could use literally post-it notes on a big flip chart but actually when they see the process being kind of mapped so I mean the concept is process mapping and once they see that kind of mapped out what you then start to um, see are things like bottlenecks so you'll see points in the process where you think oh actually if we take you know, so all our activities down to that point in the process, we can see that we can't go any further because literally it stops. So there's almost like you're taking people all this process down a blind alley. You could also see areas where you're duplicating effort, for example. So, you know, you have one person doing this particular part of the process, another person, you know, literally sat or operating next to them doing a similar kind of thing where there's kind of crossovers and you think, well, hold on, if we map that out properly, what we could see is that one person could actually do that for both parts of that point in the process. But it's only when you actually kind of map this stuff out, literally like a physical map, that you can start to see these things in place. So, for example, if you took a um, developing, say, a social media campaign, for example, you know, the collation of content that you're going to put together to write an article or to do a video interview or in an audio podcast or whatever it is, um, it's about that, well, what is the most effective way of creating that information? Well, it could be that a number of people go out around the business and collate it together, then we actually collectively combine that information and we create that content. Or it could be saying, well, look, what we need is a process of, of people across the organisation, maybe in branches or maybe out in a sales team, if that's appropriate, actually feeding in on a constant basis information that they will see and be gathering on a day-to-day -day basis so it's almost then that comes into this pot and that could be again a really effective way of speeding up that process so it's not kind of duplication of effort but it's kind of capturing the best bits but the only way you could actually get buy-in across the organization for that is to actually map out that process that says you know these people have to do this part of the process at this point in that process to be able to then avoid those bottlenecks, to be super efficient, to reduce any kind of duplication of effort, and so that all the time we can start to take little um, parts or little elements or constituent parts of the process out of the equation so that we have you know, fewer steps in the mapping process um, and so that we know the things that we're doing are the minimal kind of number of things that we have to do to get from A to B in the process. But the only way you can do that is if you actually map it out. Because if you don't map it out, everybody's got a different perspective on it. And lots of people then will lose you know, the number of steps. And it's a bit like customer journey. If you ask somebody to go and you know, map out the customer journey in a particular location or in a particular digital experience, you know, generally it's about 10 times as many steps or as many clicks than you would imagine on the surface. 
So by actually mapping out that process and that journey, you at least get a bit of a chance of seeing, oh my goodness, look how complicated this is. Look how actually detailed this process is. But by just taking a surface view of, hey, yeah, we've got a process there, you often you, um, sort of lose those little kind of fine details that can make or break it. So I think rather than actually looking at, well, what platform could we use to kind of you know, project this. I think it is about going back to the basics and actually taking time to map that process out. And I think that where you talked about ROI, I think that's where the ROI comes, is because you can very quickly see then little at a granular level, little areas that you can think, oh look, if we just took that out, or if actually we didn't keep doing that because that's not really adding value, or if we put this little part of the process in place, that might just speed the process up. So it just allows you to enter into that conversation. But without the map, you haven't got that sort of central frame of reference, really. You haven't got that central thing that you can talk about. So everybody just takes their own context and things get really chaotic and noisy. So on, on the AI thing, I think I think for me, it's just a really simple thing. I don't see it that um, artificial intelligence is actually going to replace people. I think for me that the use of well, the effective use of AI is going to be basically where technology replaces things that people have to do that don't really add value and frees them up to turn information into intelligence. I've always loved this phrase, information into intelligence. In other words, the interpretation of the kind of the day-to-day noise in terms of actually what is our take and what is our takeaway from all of this stuff that we're doing. And if we don't have to be doing the stuff, it frees us up to spend more time being mindful and actually adding value to the, the, the good things that come out of that stuff. So I see AI as being taking care of the stuff which allows us as human beings to put that kind of human perspective onto things. Now I know a lot of the bigger sort of providers, the IBMs of this world, will be saying, oh yes, but um, AI can also do those interpretations. I think for me, there's a really, really strong part that humans can still play in that whole kind of added value piece. So I think it's where we get bogged down in the day-to-day doing of stuff that actually a machine could do that drags us down, doesn't allow us to really add any value. That's, that's to me where you know AI can just step in today and take that out because I think as human beings, we have the intuition, we have you know all of the qualities that makes us human. And for me, that's where the real value comes because then we can go back to doing that. And that is what we do best as human beings. So if it allows us to kind of almost draw away from the, the day-to-day noise and chaos and actually do quanti- uh, quality rather than quantity of, of output and, and stuff, so really adding some value, then we turn back into being the things that we should be, which is kind of mindful, authentic, you know, interesting humans. Whereas at the moment, I think the vast majority of us are dragged down in doing stuff that we don't really need to be doing. Because actually as human beings, we've got way more potential 
than just processing stuff. Let the machines process the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can, if you can add emotional intelligence into the equation, then then great. There's a huge amount of value there. And I know eventually the whole kind of AI in business will catch up and we'll be very, very good at doing that. But for the meantime, the next 10, 20 years, let's just be humans. Let's add the value as, as human beings. So I don't see it as being something that's going to take away from us. I think it's going to be something that's going to add some real quality to our everyday life. <laughs>